Andrew McCart, IFL TV and Association with MTK Global. As always, I'm delighted to be joined by John Doherty, the Doc, the Doc Ness Monster. Uh, how's things, mate? Yeah, it's all good. Just been, um, I've been back in the camp for a few weeks now and then. I'm training away, I'm training hard, and um, obviously I've got a good fight announced, and uh, I've got something to look forward to. Well, let's talk about that fight then. You're up against a good opponent in Anthony Fox. Now, Anthony's coming off some three great wins of late. Now, you've been screaming for it. You've, been, you've wanted the tough test. You've wanted the, uh, somebody that can come out and have the same ambition as you to try and stop you, to go in there and not just turtle up. You've got that opportunity, so how are you feeling? You must be over the moon. I'm feeling good. Um, to me, truthfully, it's been made me more determined. I'm training like an animal just now, and um, I'm beating all my time from my, my end of my last camp. I've just started camp here, and I'm beating my times already. Uh, I'm sparring uh, 68 rounds already, and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's giving me something to push forward uh, for a bit more now. And um, I know if I stop Anthony Fox, it's a big statement. So that's that's my um, I'm taking this fight. I'm going to work, then I'm going to try and stop him. Gonna, gonna, Obviously, eight, I've got eight rounds to do it, and I'm not going to go looking for it like Maddox I've been doing. Um, you're going to see some smart boxing, and then I'm going to take him out. That's what I think we spoke about this when I think when you, were, you obviously you were stopping a lot of people in your early career, and when you didn't stop somebody, I, I said to you, it's hard for you to to stop somebody when they haven't got the same ambition as you. Now Anthony's got the same ambition; he might open up a little bit more with his shots, and then we're going to see more of you, which is good to see. We're going to see you now, maybe taking a shot and stuff like that. See how good your chin is, how good that, that, that ginger beard is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, de 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 definitely. Listen. I I know I can take a shot. I know I've been taking sparring. I've took it in amateurs. Listen, it's a different story than the small gloves on. And um, we're all going to listen. All the boxers are going to be ticked on the fight night. And um, this is supposed to be a step up an opponent. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm generally I'm going to put on a show. Um, if I don't stop Anthony Fox, it will be his head will be getting boxed off him, and I'll be fighting him. I'll be out fighting him. I'll be out boxing him. He's got nothing that can beat me. On my worst night ever, he still couldn't beat me. Um, that's that's just my own intake. He comes to fight, and uh, that's what I like. I said about last point. He comes if you come to fight, you're gonna get yourself hurt against me, and um, you're gonna see a big knockout because he's gonna come on to big shots. Hopefully, he comes at me how he's been fighting his last fight. He comes out to fight. Um, but I've seen some fights. He just goes in there to survive, like Corey Davison. He didn't even try the Corey Davison. He just like went in the back foot, we boxed um, a bit. Um, but if he comes out to fight, how he has been fighting his last fight. Um, There'll be a big knockout on the cards, I can guarantee you that. That's kind of, yeah, you basically answered my next question. I was going to say, you're going to go in there with every confidence. You basically answered it yourself, but I'll ask it anyway, because I've got a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> you obviously feel confident you can stop Anthony Fox. I don't know, he, he, went, he went the full distance with somebody like Cody Davis, which is quite impressive, because Cody's quite a big puncher. But you have every confidence in your own punching power there. I've got definitely, the same with Cody Davis, and he was wary of um uh, uh, Fox, and when he did let his shots go, he was he was getting to Fox quite quite well. And um, I'm not I'm obviously going to wear the first few rounds. I've got eight rounds to do it. And as I said before, no opponent will in British title level will last go the distance to me. I can I can I can trust me on them eight to ten rounds. It's going to be hard to get through the rounds of me because um, I know I'm not a one big punch hitter, but I know I'm a foot and hit, and I know they cannot take it. Especially Anthony Fox is there to be hit. He's very, very slow, and I've got very quick reactions. So um, he's going to be looking to the, the early start of the fight. He's going to be getting paid a lot of shots to miss, and he's going to get paid a lot. You're fighting on August 14th, fight camp yeah. three in August. I mean, we're only what six, seven weeks away. Yeah, six fight? weeks Saturday. I mean, how 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 itchy are your knuckles? How eager are you to just get in there and get get the job done and get there? Boxing again. I mean, we all, we've spoken about it before. There's going to be no crowd, but you must be having it to your knuckles. I don't care about no crowd. I don't care about nothing, really. As long as I'm fighting, I've got itchy knuckles to get in there now and do the damage. And um, on fighting, it, you're going to see how itchy knuckles I am because I'm going to come out and then you're going to see the best of one shit of John Doherty. And um, I've been sparring, I've been back sparring. I mean, it felt good to be back sparring, to be truthful with you. Just even getting punched back and just just different things doing the training. I mean, but as i done today, I've done 12 four-minute rounds. I mean, I'm fit already. Um, I was training over lockdown. I mean, I'm not like these fighters that hasn't been training. I was training over lockdown. Um, I was doing like bike ride, shadow boxing on the face of the Tony, long runs. I mean, I was getting injured. I mean, so um, 
I now I just have to get my time back in sparring, which has come back this week. And um, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the fight. Talk to me about uh, Tony Sims then. I mean, you're back with Tony. What's that like? Was that good no. to get back in that gym and smell the gym again, the sweaty gloves and stuff like that? Definitely, as I said, it would be it's very good to be back around the boys, having a good laugh with the boys, especially Tony and um, it, it was good just to be back in the gym hitting pads. I never had, really had a bag. I had a bag at my dad's, but then I left my dad's and I was back hitting bags, running with the lads, just having a laugh with the boys. Do you know what I mean? And uh, obviously, it's not laughing when we're getting uh, put through our paces and the running and just doing all the sparring and that there. But um, as I say, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm back sparring now and I'm back to full training. And, uh, I'm really I'm really fit. Do you know I mean, I was really fit anyway. Even Tony said that. And my runs, he's been proving it in the runs and the sparring and that there. I usually come back and only spar four runs. I've come back and sparring six to eight runs already. Um, my running, I've beat my running from my last end of my last camp. I've just started this camp and I'm beating my runs already. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm ready, fit, and I'm ready to go. The people think they're going to jump on me and I wasn't ready, or John's going to only have seven weeks. But I've been training. Do you know what I mean? As I've said, uh, Tony's been on FaceTime to us, watching the shadow boxing, uh, sending his runs to do, to tell us to do this, tell us to do that. Do you know I mean, there's a lot of things. Tony, we haven't just been sitting at home doing nothing. Tony was on the phone to us every day telling us what to do. So was Tony happy with the, your fitness when you came back to the gym? Was he happy with yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I was actually surprised with my fitness. To be, we didn't, I did, my first run was a triangle, which is the highest run at the mall. And um, I beat my times. Well, I usually get like 4.55. I was getting like 4.38, 4.27. My last one was 4.27. Like, you won't know the run. It's like 0.9 of a mile. Um, and I was doing it very fast, do you know what I mean? So, um, and I beat all my times. So, Tony's very pleased the way, way, way we're going just now. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm fit, I'm fit, do you know what I mean? So, Definitely. Well, I just want to touch on, you've done an e-presser with Umar, I believe, with uh, Idris Virgo. Um, yeah. Was that a fight that was on the cards? Was that talked about maybe on Fight Camp or what was that? Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, it was talked to him. I was I only actually had a laugh with him on thing and um, his promotion or something like that, they got in touch with my team. And then, yeah, we want the fight with John Doherty. So I was all hyped up, yes, we're getting the fight. And then he turned it down. Didn't want the fight. I'm an ultra boxer. But he told me on that thing, He's not. He's gonna go not on boxing first, but he's gonna fight me first. Well, this fight's before that on boxing. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's just. He basically, as I've said, I've named him. He's a little shit house. He's one of them padded. Uh, wants to be a professional boxer, but doesn't actually want to fight. Um, he's better just sticking to his little TV shows, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, again, I've got, I've got to get your touch on Eddie Hearn. Has put on. He's putting on four shows every week in August. Fight camp yeah. one, fight camp two, fight camp three, fight camp four. I mean, just talk to me a little bit about what Eddie is doing and how he's sort of like, he said on his Instagram, he's changing the game. He needs to evolve with the sport now. Um, just give me your thoughts on Eddie putting on these four shows. And like, again, the cards are brilliant. Everybody's in like a good 50-50 fight. So Eddie's doing the right thing, is he? Yeah, definitely. Um, Eddie, I, I've said, I wouldn't have went with Eddie if um, I didn't. He's one of the best motor promoters out there. Do you know what I mean? He's, um, it's proven, look, he's putting fights on for us, none of us thought it was going to be fighting. And now he's put them on his back garden. Do you know what I mean? He's, uh, we'll get all the live in Sky Sports. And um, obviously, there's going to be no crowd there. But listen, for myself, there's one main thing about it. I'm live on Sky Sports this time. Like, oh, I think all the five fights on one of the cards is all live. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Eddie Hunt's one of the best promoters out there. And as I've said, well, obviously, the number of promoters in America has put their fights on. But as in Britain, Eddie Hunt's, I think, the first. Do you know what I mean? So, he is. He's one of the top promoters out there. And I'm, I'm glad I went with him. Yeah, well, Frank Wan, I think Frank Wan's got a show on the 10th of July, I, I believe. Yeah. That's right, I've seen that. I've seen that, yeah. So. Eddie, I mean, like I said to you, when Eddie put the fight posters out, I mean, I was quite taken aback by how good the actual card was in terms of the 50 50 fights that we were getting to see. Um, for you, if, if this sort of like pandemic and all this sort of stuff is, is, is starting to dwindle down a little bit, when do, have you been told when you'll be next out, and if there's any any other fight dates leading up to well, well August? I wasn't supposed to be fighting on this card. I was supposed to be fighting at uh, I think it was twelfth of September, back mm -hmm. to our crowd. Um, but uh, I got phone a few days after I got told that and said I'm fighting on this now. So, <sighs> all right, do you hear me? Ah, uh, it's alright. Yeah, 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 I got you. yeah and. Um, yeah, so it was supposed to be 12th of September, I was supposed to be fighting, but um, I reckon after these shows are finished, I reckon a few weeks after it, um, they'll be back to normal shows, I reckon. And to be truthful with you, don't these boys behind closed doors? I reckon the last two, you might get some audience in. 
Mm-hmm. I just have got I've just got a feeling I don't know why. Um, there'll be some audience in the last two shows. So you're one and uh, Dylan White Pavetkin. Dylan White, so yeah. Well, I hope you're right. I reckon there'll be, there'll be I bet there'll be audience behind closed doors. Like I reckon there will be the last, especially the last two, will be definitely people coming in. That's that's my opinion. Like, well, listen, John, I hope you're right. I really do. I think uh, as boxing fans, that'd be that'd be amazing to see. Oh, definitely. Some sort of normality is is just I think what everybody in this world is itching for. Um, I can see your phone's going off there, John, but so I won't yeah. keep much longer. Just give me a final word on your fight with Anthony Fox and why people should tune in and watch your fight. They're going to have to tune in because it's going to be an exciting fight and I'm going to knock him out. He's not going past eight rounds, so I can promise you that. I know I've said it before and I've done it. I've always done it, but this time he, he is one million percent not going past eight rounds. He'll be getting knocked out. There we go. John Docky has just said it. John, as always, appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy camp and I'll look forward no to your problem. fight on August 14th stick in my man and hopefully see you soon cheers buddy thank you very much uh, thank you see you later on yeah, T-shirt kind of says it all. Tougher, stronger, better looking. Is your Next gen, by the way. <laughs> get, get them now. Get them while they're hot. Um, is your future going to be in the middleweight division as it seems to be in your last couple of fights or, or is super middle still an option? What are you thinking? Listen, um, everything's an option. If you, if you, uh, if you, if you offer me a lot of money, I'll move up there anyway to fight somebody. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's all about um, it's all about timing. It's all about it's all about what the fans want, um, and it's all about what uh, you know, what I can extract from from the fight. Um, but you know, ideally, I want to uh, I want to stay in middleweight because I can make middleweight um, pretty comfortably. And I don't know how long I will be able to do that for. I'm 30 years old now. Um, if my metabolism starts slowing down over the next couple of years, then I may not be able to do 160, and I might have to move up to 168, back, back up to super middleweight. But for right now, I'm, I'm not naturally super middleweight, so I'd like to campaign at middleweight. Um, there's a lot of great fighters in the division. Um, you know, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect time for me to, to be here. Um, and I feel strong. So yeah, 160 is, is what I'm looking at right now. Regarding someone else who flits between 160, 168, also 175 most recently, Canelo Alvarez, saw some comments recently, you saying you felt you had the style to defeat Canelo. What is it about that style matchup that you like? Canelo's used to, to bullying guys. He's used to just and getting his own way. And uh, you know, the guys going there to survive. Um, that's not me. Everybody knows that's not me. No one's bullying me. Nobody's putting me into survival mode. I'm going in there to take somebody's head off. And uh, he's not. He's not used to that. Nobody has my style. Nobody has my tenacity. Nobody has my punch up in the middleweight division or the super middleweight division. Um, so I believe my style. Serious problems tonight, and I know I could beat him. So that's the fight I want. You know, I don't hear anybody else calling him out like me. Um, I don't know any other name in boxing right now that that, that could give him a, a better, more exciting match. Um, you know, so that's the guy I want. You know, he has the belt in my weight class, which he actually shouldn't have. I don't know how he's been able to do that. Um, Holding a, a light, a light heavyweight world title and a, and a middleweight world title. Um, you know, technically, I should have been fighting for that title when I fought Matt Corbin, but I, but I have the interim belt instead. Um, so I'm, I'm number one contender. So let's get it on, man. Just before COVID-19 hit, uh, Canelo was looking likely to fight 
an old opponent of yours, Billy Joe Saunders, um, at super middleweight. What did you make of that fight? How did you see it going? It may still go ahead, of course, but how did you see it going previously? Again, surviving. Saunders is going in there for a payday. He's not going there to win. Um, going in there to, to stick the place out like, like he has done in so many of his other fights. And, uh, and you know, and just try and not get knocked out. Uh, it would have been, you know, it's, it's a very boring matchup to me. Um, and he doesn't deserve it. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's a drug cheat and uh, just a bad person in general. So, you know, the situations he's put himself in have, have, uh, have lost him that fight for, for the time being. Um, yeah, you know, Canelo, um, Kennedy Golovkin, uh, those are the two names in the division right now which are at the top of my list. Um, but, but again, anybody with a belt, anybody with a belt, Charlo, uh, all these guys, they can get it. I'm ready. And I really am ready because I've been training five, six days a week for the last three months. So, you, you know, I'll fight tomorrow if I need to, you know. Well, I imagine you've been training more than most people during lockdown, to be fair. You've kind of taken yeah. it as an opportunity to do a whole training camp, so that's pretty admirable. Exactly. It's, it's like I've it's like it's, it's, it's like gone through a whole camp for a fight. So for my fight is, is, has been laying on the beach in Miami instead of actually getting in the ring. Well, I'm sure the ladies of Miami appreciate the efforts you've gone to, even if we don't get to see you in the ring. Um, yes, absolutely. When you do fight next, what can fans expect to see differently from you in terms of your style in the ring that perhaps we haven't seen before? Um, you know, I don't want to give anything away. Um, that's that's the whole point of this is that, you know, we're working on things, we're tweaking things, we're adding things to my repertoire so that if I do get back in the ring, these guys are shot. Um, but I do feel like I've leveled up. I do feel like I've, uh, I've reached that next stage uh, in my boxing ability. And um, not to say that I'm a completely different fighter. I'm not. I'm 30 years old. You know, it's not like I'm going to just look like somebody else. But um, I, have a, a I have a better understanding of the game now. Um, and I just, you know, I can't wait to get in there and just and show things that we've been working on. We can't wait to see it either. Um, looking forward to seeing you back in the ring, hopefully before the end of the year. And um, Yes. Fingers That's crossed. Cool. And really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, best of luck when you go back to Pensacola. I hope it's as good as it has been so far. I appreciate that, man. All right. You take care and we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Yeah. T-shirt kind of says it all. Tougher, stronger, better looking. Is your Next gen, by the way. <laughs> get, get them now. Get them while they're hot. Um, is your future going to be in the middleweight division as it seems to be in your last couple of fights or, or is super middle still an option? What are you thinking? Listen, um, everything's an option. If you, if, you, uh, if, you, if you offer me a lot of money, I'll move up to heavyweight to fight somebody. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's all about um, it's all about timing. It's all about it's all about what the fans want, um, and it's all about what uh, you know what I can extract from from a fight. Um, but you know, ideally, I want to uh, I want to stay in middleweight because I can make middleweight um, pretty comfortably. And I don't know how long I will be able to do that for. I'm 30 years old now. Um, if my metabolism starts slowing down over the next couple of years, then I may not be able to do 160, 160 and I might have to move up to 168, back, back up to middleweight. 
But for right now, I'm, I'm not naturally super middleweight. So I'd like to campaign at middleweight. Um, there's a lot of great fighters in the division. Um, you know, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect time for me to, to be here. Um, and I feel strong. So yeah, 160 is, is what I'm looking at. Regarding someone else who flits between 160, 168, also 175 most recently, Canelo Alvarez, saw some comments recently, you saying you felt you had the style to defeat Canelo. What is it about that style matchup that you like? Canelo's used to, to bullying guys. He's used to just those and getting his own way. And the uh, guys going there to survive. That's not me. Everybody knows that's not me. No one's bullying me. Nobody's putting me into survival mode. I'm going in there to take somebody's head off. And I, he's not He's not used to that. Nobody has my style. Nobody has my tenacity. Nobody has my punch output in the middleweight division or the super middleweight division. Um, so I believe my style would give me serious problems. And I know I can beat him. So that's the fight I want. You know? I don't hear anybody else calling out like me. Um, I don't know any other name in boxing right now that that, that could give him a, a better, more exciting match. Um, so that's the guy I want. He has the belt in my weight class, which he actually shouldn't have. I don't know how he's been able to do that, um, holding a, a light, a light heavyweight world title and a middleweight world title. Um, you know, technically, I should have been fighting for that title when I fought Matt Corbon, but I, I have the interim belt instead. Um, so I'm, I'm number one contender, so let's get it on, man. Just before COVID-19 hit, uh, Canelo was looking likely to fight an old opponent of yours, Billy Joe Saunders, um, at super middleweight. What did you make of that fight? How did you see it going? It may still go ahead, of course, but how did you see it going previously? Again, survival. Saunders is going in there for a payday. He's not going in there to win. Um, he's going in there to, to stick the place out like, like he has done in so many of his other fights and, uh, and, and you know, and just try and not get knocked out. Uh, it, it would have been, you know, it's, it's a very boring matchup to me. Um, and he doesn't deserve it. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's a drug cheat and uh, just a bad person in general. So, you know, the situations he's put himself in have, have, uh, have lost him that fight for, for the time being. Um, yeah, you know, Canelo, um, Kennedy Golovkin, uh, those are the two names in the division right now which are at the top of my list. Um, but, but again, anybody with a belt, anybody with a belt, Charlo, uh, all these guys, they can get it. I'm ready. And I really am ready because I've been training five, six days a week for the last three months. So, you, you know, I'll fight tomorrow if I need to, you know. Well, I imagine you've been training more than most people during lockdown, to be fair. You've kind of taken yeah. it as an opportunity to do a whole training camp. So that's pretty admirable. Exactly. It's, it's like I'm... It's like I'm it's, it's, it's like I've gone through a whole camp for a fight. Except for my fight has been laying on the beach in Miami instead of actually getting in the ring. Well, I'm sure the ladies of Miami appreciate the efforts you've gotten to, even if we don't get to see you in the ring. Um, yes, absolutely. When you do fight next, what can fans expect to see differently from you in terms of your style in the ring that perhaps we haven't seen before? Um... I don't want to give anything away. Um, that's that's the whole point of this is that you know we're working on things, we're tweaking things, we're adding things to my repertoire so that if I do get back in the ring, these guys are shocked. Um, but I do feel like I've leveled up. I do feel like I've uh, I've reached that next stage uh, in my boxing ability and. Um, not to say that I'm a completely different fighter. I'm not. I'm 30 years old. You know, it's not like I'm going to just look like somebody else. But um, I have a, a better I have a better understanding of the game now, um, and I just you know I can't wait to get in there and just and show things that we've been working on. We can't wait to see it either. I'm looking forward to seeing you back in the ring. Hopefully before the end of the year. 
and um, yes, fingers crossed. And really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, best of luck when you go back to Pensacola. I hope it's as good as it has been so far. I appreciate that, man. All right, you take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Razaban here for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me, I've got my man Mike Carpenter taking on 12 rounds with IFL TV. Mike, going to just throw 12 questions at you uh, and let's see what you got to say. Question one Who's your favorite ever UK fighter? That's easy. David Hay by a mile. David Hay is not just my favorite UK fighter, but one of my favorite fighters, period. I love the trash talk and the bravado. And my favorite David Hay performance by far was when he knocked out Enzo Macronelli. And, um, and I think he kept shouting at him to get up. <laughs> Question two. Your favorite ever international fighter? The outside of the UK. Outside of the UK. Ooh, that's a tough one. My favorite ever. So is it someone that's born outside the UK, US and the UK? Because yeah, the first one was UK, so this is outside of the UK. Yeah, but it's like, all right, so does Manny Pacquiao count? Yeah, yeah, anyone outside of the UK. Then definitely Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, um, one of my favorites of all time, and a great guy too. I love it. Love talk. Love interviewing Manny, and I love that he's still going strong at uh, forty-one now. Have you got like an iconic Manny Pacquiao moment? Um, I remember my first time watching Manny Pacquiao I was on the Mike Tyson Lennox Lewis undercard in two thousand two, and I was like, "Wow, who is this little Filipino guy with the No Fear headbands?" Back when No Fear was a thing. And then I remember, I think it was a year later that he, that he gave Marco Antonio Barrera an absolute beating. I knew this guy was for real. Um, but my favorite moment, not favorite memory, but my, my lasting memory of Manny Pacquiao was I was ringside for the Manny Pacquiao-Marquez fourth fight when he got knocked cold. And I just will never forget that. It was the best fight I've ever covered ringside. Craziest moment. Um, you know, thought it was the end of Pacquiao, but luckily it wasn't. Uh, all I remember from that fight is Roy Jones commentary he's not getting up he's not getting up yeah that, that was definitely Roy's best call um in a, in a long time ever you know in 20 something years of doing calls for HBO question three best fight you have ever seen live well as live on mean ringside like at in, in person best fight yeah that's Manny Pacquiao Juan Manuel Marquez four it was a terrific fight it won BWA fight of the year it had both guys on the canvas. It had a definitive, um, memorable finish. Marquez finally getting revenge against Pacquiao after I think he got robbed in the third fight. The first two fights could have won either way. And I'll just never forget Marquez running around the ring with his fist in the air. He was just so excited. And Marquez, is, yeah, exactly. Marquez is one of my favorites too. Um, so I was happy for him to get that win. Oh, and I want to throw in, I remember I had to duck because beer was flying over my head. The Mexicans were going insane in Vegas. Question four. Three fights you would love to see when boxing returns. Three. Uh, are we being realistic here or is this? Yes. Okay, we'll be realistic. Um, I would like to see Canelo Alvarez against um, Dimitri Bibble. I think that'd be a great fight. Um, a fascinating matchup. Um, at light heavy? Mm, at super middle. Super middle. At super middle, because I, I don't see Canelo going above 68 for his next fight, and I think it's going to be at 68 for sure. Um, what else? Um, let's see. I would like to see Sean Porter against Terrence Crawford. I think Terrence Crawford is in a great talent, but he hasn't been tested yet, and I think Porter is the right guy to do it with his you know, relentless pressure, and he's always in great shape. He's just a really good fighter. Third fight, I'm going to go with – it's hard. Third fight. What about – see, it's hard because I'm trying to be realistic here. But Andy Ruiz against, we'll say, 
Dillian White. I don't think it's going to happen, actually, but I think it's just will be absolute fireworks in the ring. I think Andy's a hell of a fighter, even though he didn't even show up in his last fight with Joshua. And Dillian White's an underrated talent. Question five. Best upcoming fighter? Best upcoming fighter. Oh, man, tough one. I really like Joshua Buatzi. Um, I think he can really be the future of the light heavyweight division. So definitely getting better at every fight. Maybe him. I love Daniel Dubois. I think he's one of the – I think he's easily the best heavyweight prospect in, in maybe even a year or two. He's going to be in that top five heavyweight discussion. Not number one, you know, years later. Love Jerron at Boots Ennis. The welterweight based from Philly. Based in Philly. Um, you know, but I mean, I'm trying to go more under the radar. Obviously, you have guys like Ryan Garcia, who I think are already getting closer to that level, um, and Dave Devin Haney. But, you know, it's exciting right now. Question six. Dream matchup. Any fighters, any era. If you were to put two fighters together, they have to be from the same weight category. Who would that be? Floyd Mayweather versus Roberto Duran. Wow. At Walter. At, actually, let's, let's go at lightweight. At lightweight. At lightweight. What a fight. What a fight. Be an amazing fight. Question seven. Favorite knockout you have ever seen, live or on TV? Uh, favorite one, I'll go live. It was one of the, it was one of the first fights I ever covered. Uh, I was ringside for the Sergio Martinez Paul Williams rematch. And I was ringside for the first fight too. Um, that was, I mean, I remember, I still remember the thud of Paul Williams hitting the canvas. But um, the second best knockout was Pacquiao Marquez four. So those two. Question eight Best ring entrance you have ever seen? Again, live, in person, or on TV? Um, Man, you guys in the UK do ring entrances so much better than us in the US. Best one I've ever seen, though, in live in person was definitely Tyson Fury uh, and the Wilder rematch when he came out on the crown, with, on the throne with the crown. That was awesome. Well, we had, obviously, in the UK, back in the 90s, Prince Nassim Hamid, who yeah. every fight was something different, something amazing. Yeah, yeah, I loved all those. Um, I loved Mayweather when he came out. Uh, again, I think it was against uh, Carlos Valdemir or Gotti, and he had the, the, the Roman gladiator uh, getup. That was cool, too. Question nine. Favorite venue? Favorite venue I've covered a fight in? Just favorite venue. Okay, favorite venue. I'll go with favorite venue I've ever covered a fight at. Um, I think Madison Square Garden is the best, you know, all the history. Feels like hallowed ground when you're there. Although, uh, you know, StubHub Center, um, I know many different names for it, but what they call the war grounds here in, uh, in Los Angeles, outdoor venue, that's actually my favorite because you have, you know, your outdoors, it's kind of an intimate setting, and I, it's just been home to so many great fights. I was there for the John Molina Jr. Lucas Matisse fight. I think that won fight of the year. And, um, I mean, I wasn't there for but Timothy Bradley versus Ruslan Provotnikov. Wow. So, um, you know, I was there for a bunch of the Superflies. Speaking of shocking knockouts, I forgot this one. I was there for wrong besides knockout of Chocolatito. That was a crazy one. What, what, what round was that again? I can't remember the round, was it? I want to say it was like the fourth round, maybe. That was a shock. That was a shock. Question 10. Best trash talker? Best trash talker. Got to, got to go David Hay again. David Hay was just, um, you know, he Does didn't David care Hay what he said. A big fan? Does David Hay know you're a big fan? He knows. I, I, I've told David in person. He was, <laughs> he was, uh, he laughed about it. He was very gracious. Um, and, and I was, and it was, I was happy to see he's just as nice as, um, I hoped he would be. But, um, yeah, I remember when David Hay, I thought it was, I know people said it was poor taste here, but I thought it was hilarious when he had the, the picture of the, uh, on the t-shirt of the severed heads of Klitschko's, um, just calling guys absolute bums and just not caring. Mayweather up, Mayweather's up there too. I think Mayweather's great at trash talk. I loved when Mayweather was doing the promotional work for uh, the Robert Guerrero fight, and he kept saying to Robert Guerrero, "This ain't Berto," <laughs> which was funny because then you know Guerrero had already beat Berto, and then after that Mayweather fought Berto anyway, 
after he made clear what he, how little he thought of Burrow. So, oh, actually, I, I want to do. Sorry, I, I'm remiss. Ricardo Mayorga might be the best, actually. And but he, but he's really over the line. I remember one of the craziest ones of all time is Corey Spinks' mother had died, like I think recently when they when they fought in the early 2000s, and Mar- Ricardo Mayorga told Corey Spinks he was going to send him to heaven with his mother. I don't know if that's trash talk, but... Uh, Obviously, Mayorga's first language was in English, so it was always translated, uh, but he was relentless, absolutely relentless. Even with Oscar de la Hoya, that was crazy as well. Oh, my God, yeah. Eating hamburgers on the scale, smoking cigarettes in the ring. I think even when he fought, uh, when they were trying to do Shane Mosey fight, I think he slapped the backside of Shane Mosey's girlfriend. Don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just an absolute character. I actually, the, the second fight I ever attended live was the Ricardo Mayorga-Tito Trinidad fight in Madison Square Garden, which is still to this day the craziest atmosphere I've ever been a part of. And I'll never forget Mayorga giving him three shots. Imagine giving Felix Trinidad three shots at your chin. The balls. Huevos. Question 11. Describe the following people in one word. Oscar de la Hoya. Inconsistent. Interesting. Bob Arum. Legend. Eddie Hearn. Charismatic. Al Heyman. Mysterious. And final question. Your current three top pound-for-pound fighters in order, starting with number three. Um, starting number three. All right. Um, one second. I'm just trying to think here. Okay. Starting number three. I'm going to go number three, Vasily Lomachenko. Um, you know, unbelievable talent. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, Shona, you can fight at any weight. Just, he's just, he's one of the few guys. He just does things we've never seen before. You know, whether it's trying to on guard somebody with these light punches and the way he slides around the ring, he doesn't really have any flaws. You know, if he's going to lose, it's going to be because he's getting older and he's fighting at higher weight classes. Number two, uh, the monster, Naoya Inoue. Tremendous talent. Um, you know, this guy has unbelievable power. So, a first round knockouts of Juan Carlos Payano and um, who's uh, Jamie, Jamie McDonald. Just a great talent. You know, he's going up in weight now. And even against a talent, a, a guy, I know a legend like Nonino Donaire. I know Donaire is older now, but he suffered a broken orbital against Donaire and still gave him a beating and probably should have knocked him out with that body shot. But kind of like, I think he was kind of surprised by how much he hurt him because he took him a second to follow him around the ring. Um, and... Uh, number one, of course, Canelo Alvarez, just the biggest star in boxing, the best fighter in the world, a great guy in, inside and outside the ring. And just like I, what I really respect about Canelo is I remember when he was fighting the likes of Matt, you know, Matthew Hatton and people were really criticizing him. I mean, he's improved so, so much with time. He's such a complete fighter now, great on defense, can fight off the back foot, can fight going forward like he showed in the rematch with Golovkin. He can fight in a variety of ways. He has a great jab. He has a great trainer, Eddie Reynoso. And I don't think there's any question in my mind that he's the best fighter in the world right now and deserving of that status. Just on Canelo, and I've asked you the 12 questions, but do you feel like with, with what happened with the Mexican beef, that slightly tainted his reputation? You know, I, I honestly forgot about it. And I, I'm not saying it's not a legit question, but look, PED testing is a joke in boxing across the board. So it's hard to say who is and who isn't cheating. I think, I, I think no one is clear of suspicion, really. Um, maybe outside of a guy like Nonito Donaire, who did the 365 VADA testing. You know, if you're going to do that, that's the best way to show and prove everyone you're not a cheater. Uh, Canelo, it, it's a plausible, legit excuse, you know, whether you believe it or not. There were many NFL players, like Dwayne Brown, you know, a, a star offensive tackle, who blames uh, a positive test on clenbuterol due to tainted beef and were cleared by the NFL. So whether or not people want to believe it, I know people are going to say I'm 
you know, I'm wrong and I'm looking for excuses. It's plausible deniability. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know whether he did or didn't. Mike, well done. You completed the 12 round challenge with ISL TV. Uh, we'll do it again sometime with 12 different questions, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest of the day. I know it's nice and what, what is it? 12, 1 o'clock there at the moment. So it's, uh, it's getting dark here in the UK now. So, uh, and we'll definitely catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Mike Carpenter for IFL TV. Thank you very much. Seconds out, delighted to be joined by a Commonwealth middleweight champion, Felix Cash. How have you been getting on through lockdown? I know you haven't been back in the gym for that long, at uh, Tony's gym, I mean. Yeah, we're getting all right. Um, it's a bit the same as everyone, wasn't it? It was a bit, bit of a killer, especially for my last camp. I found out, done a 10-week done a camp and found out a week before fight night that um, everything was called off. So that was a bit of a sickness and a bit of a down, obviously, for all the hard work, dying, getting down on weight, especially not only being a week away. Um, so, no, it was a bit of a nightmare. I was a bit down, to be honest. But, um, no, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, don't you? And um, through lockdown, I just kept taking over, done a bit of running and that. And, you know, just weren't a lot to do, was there? Weren't a lot to, was to do then, train, really. So I just done a bit of running a bit bits and pieces. But I'm glad to be back in the gym now and getting ready for this next one. I heard it got quite competitive about the running on the group chat with you and the rest of Tony's lads. Is that right? Yeah, it did yeah, <laughs> it did yeah. Who, who, who was uh, who was kind of the leader? Who was doing well at the runs? And the runs at the moment, it's all different runs. The ones we've got at the moment, oh, oh yeah, with the, with, the, with the long distance runs. I think Mark 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 Maud was doing was doing the the longest <laughs> runs. I think out of, out of, out of everyone. Um, um, John Ryder's doing a few long ones. We're, we're all doing a bit of a long one. There was all about the time, and who's doing who's doing the best time. So, <laughs> no, it was, um, I just I just stuck to a normal a normal pace. So I, I didn't really get too much into the competitive side of the running. What's it like now to be back in the gym around all your friends and and Tony as well? Oh mate, it's a breath, breath of fresh air, really. You know what I mean? Back home, back there, where, where we're so used to being in routine. You know, I mean, you're in a routine every day. You know what you're doing every day. And for your boxing, like, you know, we know what we normally do when a routine during a week. And then all of a sudden to be a, probably the same with even people that ain't in sport, but and obviously ain't working where you're used to being in a routine. And all of a sudden you've got all this time in your hands and um, you're doing nothing. You're thinking like you're, you're putting in your thumbs thinking, what, what, what do I do now? OK, I've done I've done a run for what, 40 minutes of the day and you're going around with really nothing to do. So honestly, it's fucking it's a difficult time, isn't it? You know, you want to get in, especially you want to get out there and. And then financially, everyone everyone wants to fight, don't they? So uh, it was a bit of a nightmare, really. But you know, we're back. We're back now. It looks like we'll, we'll turn the corner and, and boxing starting back up. So I'm looking forward now for you know August and getting getting out there and, and let my frustration help in World War. <laughs> you were last out in November. Exciting fight for the fans against Jack Cullen. But from your point of view, and I suppose Tony's point of view, was it a bit too exciting? Would he have rather you got less involved? Yeah, probably a bit too exciting. I, I probably be, if I if if I weren't so rusty, I reckon I would have got him out of there a lot early, a lot earlier. Um, you know, I dropped him, washed my work afterwards, and you know, fair play to him, he stuck in there and put a bit of a fight up. Um, it's just one of them things. You got you just got to go with it, isn't it? Some, sometimes you know a fight, you know, you, you, you can make it easier work, and sometimes I work. But the main thing is, is getting the win, and 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 that's the main thing, getting the win. But you know, he was an awkward opponent, really, because you couldn't really stand back to, from from too long because he was so tall and so rangy. He weren't like I thought. You know, if I stand back from him, he's just going to pick. You know, it's hard. It's hard to stand back because he, he's, he's obviously he's got a longer reach than that. So. I was just stuck in there, stuck on him, and I knew I was hurting him. You know, I was hitting him little body shots inside, and you know, I could feel him. I could feel him weakening and fading. Don't get me wrong; he probably out of a fight, but you know, I knew it was only a matter of time before before I got him out of there. 
when Eddie Hearn first told you about Fight Camp and what it was all about and the fact that he wanted you to headline one of the shows, how did you feel about it? Because obviously it's exciting. It's your first headline fight on Sky Sports. But the flip side is there's going to be no fans there. So what, what was your reaction? Listen, it's going to be a bit weird. Even before he told me that I was headlining, I mean, I just found out that I was just going to be just going to be on one of the shows at first. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is going to be weird, isn't it? You know, um, now and there. But then I thought, I said, listen, when, when you're getting that ring and that bell, guys, and someone's trying to take your head off, you won't be long getting in the groove and sucking yourself up and, and knowing that you're in a fight. So, um, it's no matter where it is, there's a fight at the end of the day. There's only two years in the ring at the end of the day and a referee, and, and that's still going to be still going to be the case on, 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 on fight camp. So it's just um, it's one of those things we have to deal with. And um, it'd be great. it's going to be great to be even be involved with and be, and be a part of anyway. Because looking back in years to come, you're going to be in a bit of part of history. And, and it's, it's a great thing to say, you know, back then when 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 that was there, uh, I was a part of it and I was a part of the part of the first shows back. So it'd be a great thing to look at, look, look back on, um, I think, in years to come. For 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 a personal point of view and and um, and be a part be a part of it, be a part of history there really. And you're not just part of it; you're the main event, and it's the first time in yeah. your you know quite still fresh pro career that you've been the main event. You must be pretty yeah. excited by that. Yeah, really, really excited. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great um, platform and a great. It's a great, it's a great thing for me now to, be, to you know, be live on Sky Sports, top of the bill. A lot of people are going to be tuning in. Obviously, they've been staffing staffing boxing for a while. And you know it's great. It's a great opportunity now for me to put a great, great performance on, and um, you know raise my profile as 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 a boxer and and, uh, and get my name out there um, amongst amongst you know some of the big names. It's August the fourteenth, of course. Your opponent's Jason Wellborn, former world title challenger down at one fifty four, former British champion at your weight. What what do you make of him at this stage of his career? What are his kind of strengths and weaknesses? Listen, he's, he's, he, listen. He, he comes to fight. He's strong. He's, he, you know, he comes to fight, and he's a tough man. And he's been in with some top, top, top operators. You know, I, I won't take nothing away from him. But he's also been beat by them top operators. So, you know, that's another way of looking at it. So, listen. Every time he gets in with a top rope, he seems to come up short. And um, I believe that I'm a top operator, and um, and I believe that you know he, he might take make it tough for a few rounds, but I reckon I'll get him in the end. Do you think size will be a significant factor in this fight? You always look like a big middleweight, and he's uh, fought mainly at one fifty four, even one forty seven in the past. Yeah. yeah, not really. I don't think size is going to make a difference. You know, he's been up a middleweight. He's been British champion at middleweight, and you know, I don't think size is really going to make a difference. It's going to be who's a better fighter, and um, I believe I'm a, I'm a better fighter. But listen, anything can happen in night. Boxing's a funny sport, and anything can happen. And you know, the best man will win on the night. But um, I believe, and I believe that will be me. But time will tell, and we'll have to wait and see on, 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 on the 14th of August. Um, but I reckon it'll be, it'll be a good fight as long as it lasts and, um, and put on, put on a good, good show for the fans. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, really, really looking forward to, 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 um, to the 14th of August and getting back in the ring and, you know, and getting my name out there, like you say, headline, headlining for the first time. And um, hopefully it won't be the last. All the, if it all goes well for you on the 14th, what are the longer term aims? I mean, is the British title something you want to win on the way through to where you want to go? Listen, I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely would like the Lonsdale belt. Obviously, it's a lovely belt. It's one of the greatest domestic, domestic belts you can have. Um, so, you know, I'd love to have that belt and um, I'd love to fight for it. Um, but listen, one fight at a time, get this fight out of the way. And if something bigger comes up, obviously, if something bigger comes up, I'll grab it with both hands. But, um, you know, like I say, the one last fight I was meant to be fighting Sorokin. Um, everything... Oh, sorry. No Lost you there. No, you're all right. Lost you there. Um, I was meant to be fighting Sorokin. Um, I never got pronounced the fight, but, you know, um, the deal was done and we are just waiting for the announcement. And then, obviously, that happened um, happened beforehand. But, um, you know, I'm looking at stepping up and I'm looking at, you know, getting up there now into the big fights. I'm 27 years age. I know I've only had 12 pro fights, but I've been in the game a long time. Um so listen, get him, get get well one out of the way. Whatever the biggest, the biggest fight for me, and the, and the biggest fight, and the big the biggest fight that's going to get me up in the rankings. That's the fight I want. Brilliant. And before we let you go, I think we've asked this before, but just for people that are a bit slow to the Felix Cash journey, if you like, how can they find you on social media and get involved? Yeah, you can look me up on Instagram, Felix Cash Boxer. Um, same for Twitter, and obviously Felix Cash um, for Facebook. You post quite a lot on Instagram, don't you? You're yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're always there with the content. You seem to be training constantly. 
<laughs> you know, you just stick in, you show everyone that what we're doing and what we're up against. Great stuff. All right, well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks to Jimmy for, for lending us the facilities. Cheers, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah, no really appreciate it. And hopefully see you in the gym soon. All right. See you soon, mate. Thanks for the time, yeah? All right, mate. Take care. Yeah. Take Razabani for IFL TV in association with MTK Global with me. I've got my man Mike Harpinger taking on 12 rounds with IFL TV. Mike, gonna just throw 12 questions at you uh, and let's see what you gotta say. Question one Who's your favorite ever UK fighter? That's easy. David Hay by a mile. David Hay is not just my favorite UK fighter, but one of my favorite fighters, period. I love the trash talk and the bravado. And my favorite David Hay performance by far was when he knocked out Enzo Macronelli. And, um, and I think he kept shouting at him to get up. <laughs> Question two. Your favorite ever international fighter? The outside, outside of the UK. Ooh, that's a tough one. My favorite ever. So is it someone that's born outside the UK, US and the UK? Because yeah, the first one was UK, so this is outside of the UK. Yeah, but there's like, all right, so does Manny Pacquiao count? Yeah, yeah, anyone outside of the UK. Then definitely Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, um, one of my favorites of all time, and a great guy too. I love, I love, talk, love interviewing Manny, and I love that he's still going strong at uh, 41 now. Have you got like an iconic Manny Pacquiao moment? Um, I remember my first time watching Manny Pacquiao was on the Mike Tyson Lennox Lewis undercard in 2002, and I was like, wow, well, who is this little Filipino guy with the No Fear headbands? Back when No Fear was a thing. And then I remember, I think it was a year later that he, that he gave Marco Antonio Barrera an absolute beating. I knew this guy was for real. Um, but my favorite moment, not favorite memory, but my, my lasting memory of Manny Pacquiao was I was ringside for the Manny Pacquiao-Marquez fourth fight when he got knocked cold. And I just will never forget that. It was the best fight I've ever covered ringside. Craziest moment. Um, you know, thought it was the end of Pacquiao, but luckily it wasn't. All I remember from that fight is Roy Jones' commentary. He's not getting up. He's not getting up. Yeah, that, that was definitely Roy's best call um, in, a, in a long time, ever, you know, in 20-something years of doing calls for HBO. Question three. Best fight you have ever seen live? As live on, you mean ringside? Like at, in, in person? Best fight, yeah. That's Manny Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Marquez, four. It was a terrific fight. It won BWA Fight of the Year. It had both guys on the canvas. It had a definitive, um, memorable finish. Marquez finally getting revenge against Pacquiao after I think he got robbed in the third fight. The first two fights could have won either way. And I'll just never forget Marquez running around the ring with his fist in the air. He was just so excited. And Marquez is yeah, exactly. Marquez is one of my favorites too. Um, so I was happy for him to get that win. Oh, and I want to throw in. I remember I had to duck because beer was flying over my head. The Mexicans were going insane in Vegas. Question four. Three fights you would love to see when boxing returns. Three. Uh, are we being realistic here or is this? Yes. Okay, we'll be realistic. Um, I would like to see Canelo Alvarez against um, Dimitri Bibble. I think that'd be a great fight. Um, a fascinating matchup. Um, at light heavy. Mm, at super middle. Super middle. At super middle, because I, I don't see Canelo going above 68 for his next fight. And I think it's going to be at 68 for sure. Um, what else? Um, let's see. I would like to see Sean Porter against Terrence Crawford. I think Terrence Crawford is in a great town, but he hasn't been tested yet. And I think Porter is the right guy to do it with his you know, relentless pressure, and he's always in great shape. He's just a really good fighter. Third fight, I'm going to go with mm, – it's hard. Third fight. What about 
See, it's hard because I'm trying to be realistic here. But Andy Ruiz against, we'll say, Dillian White. I don't think it's going to happen, actually, but I think it's just will be absolute fireworks in the ring. I think Andy's a hell of a fighter, even though he didn't even show up in his last fight with Joshua. And Dillian White's an underrated talent. Question five. Best upcoming fighter? Best upcoming fighter. Oh, man, tough one. I really like Joshua Buatzi. I um, think he can really be the future of the light heavyweight division. So definitely getting better at every fight. Maybe him. I love Daniel Dubois. I think he's one of the – I think he's easily the best heavyweight prospect in, in maybe even a year or two. He's going to be in that top five heavyweight discussion. Not number one, you know, years later. Love Jerron at Boots Ennis. The welterweight based from Phil, based in Philly. Um, you know, but I mean, I'm trying to go more under the radar. Obviously, you have guys like Ryan Garcia, who I think are already getting closer to that level, um, and Dave Devin Haney. But, you know, it's exciting right now. Question six. Dream matchup. Any fighters, any era. If you were to put two fighters together, they have to be from the same weight category. Who would that be? Floyd Mayweather versus Roberto Duran. Wow. At Walter. At, actually, let's, let's go at lightweight. At lightweight. At lightweight. What a fight. What a fight. Be an amazing fight. Question seven. Favorite knockout you have ever seen, live or on TV? Uh, favorite one, I'll go live. It was one of the, it was one of the first fights I ever covered. Uh, I was ringside for the Sergio Martinez-Paul Williams rematch. And I was ringside for the first fight, too. Um, that was, I mean, I remember, I still remember the thud of Paul Williams hitting the canvas. But um, the second best knockout was Pacquiao Marquez, four. So those two. Question eight. Best ring entrance you have ever seen? Again, live, in person, or on TV? Um... Man, you guys in the UK do ring entrances so much better than us in the US. Best one I've ever seen, though, in live in person was definitely Tyson Fury uh, and the Wilder rematch when he came out on the crown with on the throne with the crown. That was awesome. Well, we had obviously in the UK back in the nineties Prince Nassim Hamid, who yeah. every fight was something different, something amazing. Yeah, yeah, I loved all those. Um, I loved Mayweather when he came out. Uh, again, I think it was against uh, Carlos Baldemir. Or Gotti, and he had the, the, the Roman gladiator uh, get up. That was cool, too. Question nine. Favorite venue? Favorite venue I've covered a fight in? Just favorite venue. Okay, favorite venue. I'll go with favorite venue I've ever covered a fight at. Um, I think Madison Square Garden is the best, you know, all the history. Feels like hollowed ground when you're there. Although, uh, you know, StubHub Center, um, I know many different names for it, but what they call the war grounds here in, uh, in Los Angeles, outdoor venue, that's actually my favorite because you have, you know, your outdoors. It's kind of an intimate setting, and I, it's just been home to so many great fights. I was there for the John Molina Jr. Lucas Matisse fight. I think that won fight of the year. And, um, I mean, I wasn't there for but Timothy Bradley versus Ruslan Provotnikov. Wow. So, um, you know, I was there for a bunch of the Superflies. Speaking of shocking knockouts, I forgot this one. I was there for wrong besides knockout of Chocolatito. That was a crazy one. That was, what, what round was that again? I can't remember the round. Was it? I want to say it was like the fourth round, maybe. That was a shock. That was a shock. Question 10. Best trash talker? Best trash talker. Gotta, gotta go David Hay again. David Hay was just, um, you know, he Does didn't David care Hay what he said. Does David Hay know you're a big fan? He knows. I, I've told David in person. He was, <laughs> he was, uh, he laughed about it. He was very gracious. Um, and and I was, and it was, I was happy to see he's just as nice as um, I hoped he would be. But um, yeah, I remember when David Hay. I thought it was. I know people said it was poor taste here, but I thought it was hilarious when he had the, the picture of the uh, on his t-shirt of the severed heads of Klitschko's, um, just calling guys absolute bums and just not caring. Mayweather up, Mayweather's up there, too. I think Mayweather's great at trash talk. I loved when Mayweather was doing the promotional work for uh, the Robert Guerrero fight, 
and he kept saying to Robert Guerrero, this ain't Birdo, <laughs> which was funny because then, you know, Guerrero would already beat Birdo. And then after that, they would have called Birdo anyway, after he made clear what he, how little he thought of Birdo. So, oh, actually, I, I want to do – sorry, I, I'm remiss. Ricardo Mayorga might be the best, actually. And, but, he, but he's really over the line. I remember one of the craziest ones of all time is Corey Spinks' mother had died, like, I think recently when they, when they fought in the early 2000s. And Mar Ricardo Mayorga told Corey Spinks he was going to send them to heaven with his mother. I don't know if that's trash talk, but... Uh, Obviously, Mayorga's first language was in English, so it was always translated. Uh, but he was relentless, absolutely relentless. Even with Oscar de la Hoya, that was crazy as well. Oh, my God, yeah. E eating hamburgers on the scale, smoking cigarettes in the ring. I think even when he fought, uh, when they were trying to do the Shane Mosey fight, I think he slapped the backside of Shane Mosey's girlfriend. Don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just the absolute character. I actually, the, the second fight I ever attended live was the Ricardo Mayorga tito Trinidad fight in Madison Square Garden which is still to this day the craziest atmosphere I've ever been a part of. And I'll never forget Mayorga giving him free shots. Imagine giving Felix Trinidad free shots at your chin. The balls. Huevos. Question 11. Describe the following people in one word. Oscar de la Hoya. Inconsistent. Interesting. Bob Arum. Legend. Eddie Hearn. Charismatic. Al Heyman. Mysterious. And final question. Your current three top pound-for-pound -pound fighters in order, starting with number three. Um, starting at number three. All right. Um, one second. I'm just trying to think here. Okay, starting number three. I'm going to go number three, Vasily Lomachenko. Um, you know, unbelievable talent, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, Shona, you can fight at any weight. Just, he's just, he's one of the few guys, he just does things we've never seen before. You know, whether it's trying to on guard somebody with these light punches and the way he slides around the ring, he doesn't really have any flaws. You know, if he's going to lose, it's going to be because he's getting older and he's fighting at higher weight classes. Number two, uh, the monster, Naoya Inoue. Tremendous talent. Um, you know, this guy has unbelievable power. So a first-round knockouts of Juan Carlos Payano and um, who's uh, Jamie, Jamie McDonald. Just a great talent. You know, he's going up in weight now. And even against a, talent, a, a guy, I know a legend like Nonino Donaire. I know Donaire is older now, but. He suffered a broken orbital against Donaire and still gave him a beating and probably should have knocked him out with that body shot. But kind of like, I think he was kind of surprised by how much he hurt him because he took him a second to follow him around the ring. Um, and uh, number one, of course, Canelo Alvarez, just the biggest star in boxing, the best fighter in the world, a great guy in, inside, and outside the ring. And just like uh, what I really respect about Canelo is I remember when he was fighting the likes of Matt, you know, Matthew Hatton and people were really criticizing him. I mean, he's improved so, so much with time. He's such a complete fighter now. Great on the defense, can fight off the back foot, can fight going forward like he showed in the rematch with Golovkin. He can fight in a variety of ways. He has a great jab. He has a great trainer at Eddie Reynoso. And I don't think there's any question in my mind that he's the best fighter in the world right now and deserving of that status. Just on Canelo, and I've asked you the 12 questions, but do you feel like with, with what happened with the Mexican beef, that slightly tainted his reputation? You know, I, I honestly forgot about it. And I, I'm not saying it's not a legit question, but look, PED testing is a joke in boxing across the board. So it's hard to say who is and who isn't cheating. I think, I, I think no one is clear of suspicion, really. Um, maybe outside of a guy like Nonito Donaire, who did the 365 VADA testing. You know, if you're going to do that, that's the best way to show and prove everyone you're not a cheater. Uh, Canelo, it, it's a plausible, legit excuse, you know, whether you believe it or not. There were many NFL players, like Dwayne Brown, you know, a, a star offensive tackle, 
who blames uh, a positive test on the computer roll due to tainted beef and were cleared by the NFL. So whether or not people want to believe it, I know people are going to say I'm, you know, I'm wrong and I'm looking for excuses. It's plausible deniability. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know whether he did or didn't. Mike, well done. You completed the 12-round challenge with ISL TV. Uh, we'll do it again sometime with 12 different questions, I'm sure. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. I know it's nice and, what, what is it, 12, 1 o'clock there at the moment. So it's, uh, it's getting dark here in the UK now. So, uh, and we'll definitely catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Mike Carpenter for ISL TV. Thank you very much.